This is FM 100.5, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Good morning to you. Welcome in to the Action Line from WGNS. This morning, a very important program, the dramatic change in weather, and that uh, creates some fire, potential fire issues. Our Murfreesboro Fire Chief, Mark Fox is with us this morning. Mark, good morning to you. Good morning, sir. How are you? Doing great. Good to have you with us today. I, this is a dramatic change in weather. I tell you, if we were looking for fall and everything and we got winter all of a sudden. Yes, we did. Uh, you know, fro- freeze warnings and things this morning, it, it really had a significant change. I think they said we're about 10 to 15 degrees below normal from, mm. from where we should be uh, right now with this little weather. I think it's going to warm up a little bit over the weekend and things like that. But we just want to we want to talk to folks this morning about things to take into account whenever cold weather hits. Things I might not have thought of for a little bit. You know, right. We just kind of want to remind them of some of those fire safety things and, and other mechanisms of safety as well. What should we be thinking about right now? And I've noticed we've had a few uh, house fires and things of that sort. Uh, so, so it's happening already. Yeah, and, and we'll get to the, the fires in the homes and how to prevent those and kind of some of those steps. But just kind of coming into work this morning, one of the things I thought of this morning was actually just the safety around warming up your car. Uh, you know, not, not a lot of people think about, um, you know, a lot of vehicles now have remote starts and, and you may not think about how you're warming up your car and what you're doing there. But um, cars, um, outdoor lamps, uh, heat lamps and different things like that that are powered by uh, LP gas or natural gas those all produce carbon monoxide. And so carbon monoxide can present a major issue when it comes to warming up your car. Even if your car is outside, if it's back, if your car is backed up against your garage or other entry points to your home, that gas may, the exhaust may actually leach into your home and raise the carbon monoxide levels uh, to undesirable levels really, really quickly. And, uh, and those are things that we just ask people to be cognizant of. Uh, one of the things that a lot of, not a lot of people talk or think about is, you know, maybe, um, both family members or a couple of three family members are going to work the same time in the morning and you know you start up the vehicles and let them run out there but watch where that vi- watch where the exhaust is going from those vehicles because if it's if that exhaust is blowing toward another vehicle it may actually pull into that vehicle in a fresh air intake and if that car is running you know it's going to pull it into the system as it's trying to heat that car as well uh, and you may actually inadvertently put carbon monoxide gas in a vehicle Um, that's right next to yours that's warming up the same way and this is especially true for apartment complexes and places like that where you have a lot of vehicles parked in a very close proximity and the the exhaust is is right there in that same area it's just something we want people to be very cognizant of and when it comes to carbon monoxide it's a it's a silent killer it can really cause major issues uh, with the red blood cells when that when the carbon monoxide binds to that and you can't exchange oxygen correctly and it can cause uh, incapacitation very, very quickly. And so we want to make sure that everybody's very cognizant of the carbon monoxide issues at this time of year. Now, do people, is it important to get a carbon monoxide uh, warning unit for inside your home? Absolutely. Uh, and, and the only time, and, and then 
I think it's a good thing anytime because, like I said, you can have vehicle exhaust that gets into your car or into your home from outside even or in the garage or other things like that. But especially if you have appliances that are natural gas or LP gas uh, burning, uh, you need to make sure even wood fires can produce some levels of carbon monoxide, not near as much as, as what you'll have with the, the LP or natural gas. But you need to make sure that you have carbon monoxide monitors in there to monitor your home to make sure that the, the levels are safe um, within that range of carbon monoxide and your entire family is safe. So have that, uh, and I guess you got those at the drug st- hardware store or something like that? Yeah, yeah any, any hardware store, um, you know, any, any major chain as far as Walmart, you know, some of your other major department stores online, they have uh, carbon monoxide alarms and, and et cetera, and, and we just recommend those all the time. In addition to smoke alarms, as we always promote, of course, we have smoke alarms. If people need smoke alarms, we will come install them in your home for you, free of charge. Um, all you have to do is call 615-893-1422, and that's our main office, and we will get someone scheduled to come out and, and install a smoke alarm in your home and, and make sure that your, your home is safe uh, if a fire were to occur there and everybody gets pre-alerted. We used to have notices where when you change times, and of course this weekend is when we change time, uh, that that would be a good time to change batteries. But now the smoke alarms batteries last a lot longer. Yeah, most of them do, and most of the, you know, the nine volt battery alarms have gone away, and they have ten year lithium ion batteries. It's still a great idea this time of year when the time changes to check that alarm, uh, press that test button to make sure it's working. Uh, text, uh, look at the date on your alarms because alarms are recommended to be changed out after ten years, uh, because they lose their efficiency and they won't work as well. Uh, if they're over 10 years old. So we recommend that you'll do both of those things, even if you have a long-life battery, even if you have a wired-in uh, alarm system that has wired-in smoke alarms. We recommend that you test those uh, very often, but especially now the time is getting ready to change. It's a great reminder to, ch- to look at those. You know, I've never looked at the smoke alarm to see what the date on them is. Is it pretty easy to find? Are they all marked pretty clearly? Yeah, they're vi- they're marked very clearly. It's on the very back of the smoke alarm, and it'll give you the date of manufacture of that alarm. So you, you'll easily see when that alarm was manufactured, and then fast forward 10 years, yeah. and, you, and you should be changing it out. Okay. Uh, and, and the new ones are the ones that have the 10-year battery. So just uh, sort of put that in your mind to change it every 10 years. Yeah. Uh, and it's very good to do so. Very good. Uh, and you have had several fires already. Uh, and when we say fires already, you have fires all through the year. But uh, when you suddenly see two or three in a row, you, you start thinking, well, something is yeah. happening different. Yeah, and a lot of times it's it's around things like weather change and, th- and things like that. Heating for the first time, and, and we've talked about it a lot on the show, of, of heater safety. Uh, if you use a space heater of any kind, there shouldn't be anything within three feet of that heater, um, especially the front of the heater, making mm-hmm. sure that it's clear from, from obstruction and all those things and just making sure that you've got that blocked off or, or that there's nothing there around it. Um, but a wall heater, you know, a lot of homes, especially older homes, may have wired in wall heaters that were mounted, you know, recessed into the wall. Uh, you may have thought that that was disconnected long ago and everything else, but most of those wall heaters that were installed in older homes do not have a positive off. They, they just have a thermostat that goes from low to high as far as the heat coming from that, uh, that thing. And a lot of them may be turned down. You think they're turned off, but if it gets really cold, especially suddenly cold like it did this morning compared to other mornings, that heater may kick on. So if you've moved a couch over in front of it because it's mounted in the wall and you think it's cut off, 
then um, you may have you may be in for problems when that happens. I've noticed that uh, this one in here just evidently <laughs> kicked on because it's electric, and uh, we have gas heat in the front of the building, uh, but the heater in the back is is gas. I mean, is electric, and it uh, has a it suddenly started smelling like uh, smoke or something in here. Yeah, and that's common when you have central heating air. Uh, you will get a little bit of dust accumulation during the coals. Uh, we recommend that you have a certified heat and air contractor come out and main, maintain your unit throughout the year. They will vacuum those coals off. But if you do smell that smell a little bit where that dust is accumulating in that meantime, uh, it's very it's, it's probably only going to last a few hours. If it lasts more than a day, then contact us. You know, call mm-hmm. 911 to let us check to make sure that the unit is performing like it should and that, that smell's not coming from something burning inside the unit instead of the dust burning off the, the heat coals. Right, and then that's another good reason to have that unit checked on a regular basis. I think uh, they're recommending, what, twice a year, one for summertime, one for uh, one for heat, one for air conditioning, yeah, basically. Absolutely, and, and it's a great idea to have those checked just to make sure everything's performing the way they should. And, of course, this is the time of the year, if you've forgotten to do that uh, and are not down for it, it's going to take a while to get somebody over to see you because everybody else is wanting it checked also. Yeah, and and they may be having heat problems. Of course, that's sure. going to go on the emergency list to try to get someone heat and those kind of things. So it, it may be a little bit backed up now, but we still recommend that you call someone and come out. And you know, and, and especially if that smell goes beyond the day. You know, if that smell goes beyond the day, let us come out. We've got thermal imaging cameras that we can detect heat with. Uh, even in the walls or even within units or things like that that are that are unusual for what for what should be there even in a heating unit uh, and we can look at those things and make a determination of whether it needs more um, maintenance or more of a look from a, a qualified technician or if it's something that's kind of normal and so we can uh, we can look at those things very easily okay that's just another service of murfreesboro fire and rescue now if you live outside the city limits of murfreesboro does uh, the Rutherford County Fire and Rescue do these same things? Yes. Uh, any of the fire departments within the county, uh, Smyrna, Laverne, um, Eagleville Fire, and, and Rutherford County Fire, and, and the volunteer departments that service their areas all will provide um, those caveats. They, are, they have smoke alarms that they can install for you. Uh, if you want to call the number I gave earlier, the 893-1422 number, uh, we can, if you're not inside the city, we can direct you to the appropriate department of, of where, from where you live that you can get a smoke alarms or smoke alarms installed in your home. Okay, so that's so important. And don't wait until uh, you really have a, a, an emergency popping up till, uh, till you do that. Uh, what other things right now? We're, we're, we're what, uh, in the first part of November, and I don't guess people have started putting up Christmas trees yet, but it won't be long. Yeah, it will not be long. And, and we just want to make sure with all decorations and safety and things like that, you you don't overload plugs. And, and that's one of the major things that we see is people trying to plug a, a whole lot of things into one electrical outlet. And that's just a that's just a no-no. They make some really high-quality surge protectors now that have got and, – and a lot of the ones that you really need for those, if you've got a lot of things that you're wanting to plug in, are probably a little bit more expensive because the core is a heavier gauge it's designed to carry more of a load um, but surge suppressors and you know the outlet strips are designed to to create those loads and, and those are designed to default to shut off before you know a fault ever gets into that outlet and causes a spark or flame or or kicks your breaker off because something is going on uh, with what you're loading up there and then you know a lot of people 
Um, we saw a lot of people turn to live trees last year, uh, which was kind of, you know, away from what had been happening in trends in the past. And I don't know if it had to do with COVID and how much they were at home and just wanted to enjoy, you know, a live tree within their home. But saw a lot more live trees last year. And the issue with live trees are they, they basically have a shelf life from the time they're cut to the time that they're really going to dry out. It doesn't matter how great of a job that you do of keeping them watered. Um, but if you like putting a tree up early, we recommend having artificial trees because a live tree will it, it will dry out before um, Christmas time and, and the first of the year come to when it's uh, when you're wanting to take it down. And so we really recommend artificial trees if you want to put decorations up early. We recommend not leaving those trees up any longer than about six weeks at all. Um, so you know maybe a week before Thanksgiving and you know into the first week of January or so would be what you would want to do with a live tree. And that's if you are very well maintaining. Um, the water in the tree and making sure that you're keeping water um, in the bowl at all times that the, that the tree is sitting in and things like that because it, those things can dry out and they are in a they are a very very dangerous fire hazard whenever they dry out even the electrical cords and things like that with the lights uh, can cause fires when a tree dries out um, that way and so they're ju they're just very very uh, flammable when it comes to that point and when they dry out very safe if they're taken care of and, and not left up too long but but very uh, very flammable if they're left up too long and not taken care of up appropriately. One of the things I noticed uh, that happened last year, and who knows, it probably will happen again this year, and that's more people are putting trees that are not only living trees, but trees they can plant after Christmas. Yes. That has an even shorter lifespan, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Um, and you have to make sure that you keep that root ball watered for what's in, you know, if that root ball's in your home. Um, you know, in a potted container, you have to make sure that that does. But those, the, the lives on those are even even shorter uh, of how they're going to, and it's not as much in the drying out. They're about the same with drying out if they're not taken care of. But it is, and maybe even less with drying out because they're living trees, but they will not plant well and they will not survive if they're left inside for too long. It's just, a, you know, it, it, they just won't survive after being acclimated into that indoor climate and then being taken outside and planted. So if that's something that you're interested in, I would talk to um, the people that sell those trees, you know, the, the potted trees that you're looking to do inside your home and make sure that that's something that you want to do prior to doing it. Very good. Any other things that we should be aware of that we need to be thinking about during this cold weather? Yeah, we we really recommend, uh, you know, we have a lot of, uh, and people think about carbon monoxide alarms. We talked about those being inside the home. But if you've got a covered patio in particular, if it is either screened in or it's, it's got glass coverings or you use curtains, which we see a lot of people use nowadays, if you've got a covered patio, patio like that and you're using a heat source out there, that is powered by liquid propane or natural gas or if you have a fireplace out on a covered patio we recommend that you have a carbon monoxide alarm outside even even as uh, strange as that sounds um, those areas can produce you know those things can produce a lot of carbon monoxide and those areas are a lot smaller than inside your home so that gas can develop very quickly in those areas especially if you're using drapery or something like that to contain the heat in there as you're enjoying your outdoor patio so a lot of people don't think about having a carbon monoxide alarm on their patio but if you're using heating devices out on the patio including the you know the really tall big heaters that are the aluminum top that are using the natural gas or, or LP gas 
we recommend highly that you have a carbon monoxide alarm out there uh, to make sure that you're not building up carbon monoxide while you're enjoying your patio. Those patios are really getting popular. And uh, who would have thought that if you're outside, you could have a carbon monoxide problem? Yes. If you're in any enclosed space whatsoever, even if it's just temporarily enclosed, um, it can create carbon monoxide issues. You know, we've seen generators and other things that have been operating at campsites and, and other places for events and things like that that have caused carbon monoxide issues because people have just been close to them and that's in the open air so if you get into a covered patio situation uh, you can quickly have carbon monoxide and some of those things develop that we want to make sure that you're safe on and the other thing kind of thinking about outside is we just want to make sure that you're practicing safety uh, when it comes to you know, everybody wants to pick up their leaves, everybody wants to pick up their grass clippings and all those kind of things. And, and we just want to make sure that you're practicing safety there. Uh, it is illegal to burn leaves or any other debris residentially inside the city of Murfreesboro. And so you're, what we ask everyone to do is take it to the curb and, and let the Public Works Department come pick it up. They do a great job on being on schedule of uh, getting all those leaves up and things like that. And remember that grass clippings have to be put in a bag as they're taken to the curb but leaves can actually be taken to the curb um, open and, and and they will come get those leaves up uh, but if you're doing that with brush if you're doing it with leaves or anything else we just ask you to take it to the curb that's a free service within the city limits of Murfreesboro uh, because it is illegal to burn within the city of Murfreesboro when we have uh, residents burn uh, especially in subdivisions and other areas uh, you know we we are becoming very dense as a city now with the uh, with the growth that we've had and that burning really really bothers some people you know they have asthma they have other issues going on with their lungs and now that we've had a lot of covid um, people have got residual lung issues from having covid and that smoke and and those things really really bothers people and so we just ask you not to burn at all uh, the only burn permits that we allow now within the city of murfreesboro are uh, construction site burn permits that are permitted through our community risk reduction office and clearance uh, permits that are permitted both through our uh, community risk reduction office and building and codes with the city and those fees are collected as they get the permits to do the land clearance and land disturbance and, and they have very stringent regulations that they have to use as far as using a, a digging a pit to put the material in using a blower uh, to where it just doesn't create smoke like a like a pile of, of leaves or debris would at your home. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. I mention that because when we come back, we'll be in the segment where you have uh, questions. I mean, you can talk with the fire chief one-on-one, 615-893-1450, or you can text a question in, whichever you would prefer. It's just easy to do. 615-893-1450. Murfreesboro Fire Chief Mark Fox is with us. We'll be right back. This is Chip Walters, and I'll have Middle Tennessee football and basketball games for you right here. MTSU Sports on WGNS AM, FM, online. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. Don't let dangerous pests see your pet as a target. Stop in the Animal City and get some flea and tick prevention. Animal City is at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. We have a wide variety of products for small pets and their people and the critters themselves to add to your family. Come see us at Animal City and check out our small animal department. We have lots of small furry critters. Animal City is at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurant. Demas's Restaurants are now hiring. 
We are looking for grill cooks and other kitchen employees with competitive pay and flexible hours. If you're looking for full-time work or part-time work, then Demas's is the place to be. We've been voted a top workplace for five years in a row by the Tennessean. Apply within or online at demasesrestaurants.com. Demas's Family Restaurants on 1115 Northwest Broad Street. Honoring and remembering those who served in our military, here is today's Salute to Veterans. True American hero, Norm Elzeer. In this salute, we talked to a World War II veteran. Your basic training, what was that time period? Took quite a while, because after we went to the classroom study, then we had to go up to Apalachicola, Florida, where we took aerial gunnery training, and we flew in AT-6s with a 30 caliber machine gun and shooting at that target. The bullets were painted colors, and they could tell who shot what. From there, they sent us off to a mechanic school in Shepherdville, Texas, from there, they sent us to a gunnery school again. It was strictly shooting a 50 caliber at a moving target way down range. From there, we went to California where we joined our bomber crew. Well, Norm, when you shipped out, what was that like? It wasn't too good. The planes, they were all brand new planes and they were supposed to fly over to Italy. The trouble was the ground officers decided they were going to fly too, so out of the six gunners, two of us had to go by boat, and we drew straws. And I was fortunate enough <laughs> to, to draw one of the boat straws. Took nine days to go across the Atlantic, and was storm almost all the time. In fact, I came off the boat in a stretcher because I was standing watch on deck uh, three times a day, and, and I got sick. Norm Elzir. This has been a Salute to Veterans on WGNS Radio. It's so important that we recognize our veterans, shake their hands and say how proud we are of the service that they have given to our country and that we thank them for that. I am Becky Bookner and we salute our veterans. Restoration One of Middle Tennessee. A team of experts and immediate responders who help homeowners after disaster strikes. After disaster strikes. Fire, water, or storm damage. We can help you get your life back to normal quickly. Restoration One Middle Tennessee.com. Locally and veteran owned. We're News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSradio.com. Welcome back. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. That's all you do if you have a question. 615-893-1450. And we're learning about fire safety today. Have you probably noticed, if you haven't noticed, you really stayed inside. <laughs> the weather's changed. It is super cold outside. Our phone number again, 615-893-1450. Good morning to our friends over at Fleet Feet Sports. Right here, uh, Fleet Feet Sports in Murfreesboro invites you to sign up for the 13th annual Frosty Fun Run. That's on December 4th, 10 o'clock in the morning this year. The Frosty Fun Run is going to be at Hop Springs. We had the folks from Hop Springs on a while back. And they are going to have a lot of runs out there. They're really developing that. The proceeds from the Frosty Fun Run will go to Casa and to Parks Christmas, benefiting local children. After the run, you can wind down 
and enjoy everything right there at the uh, Hop Springs. Tickets are $35 a person or $125 for a family of four. And this is all the service of Fleet Feet Sports. Good morning to everybody over there. Fleet Feet Murfreesboro, next to Carabas, at the intersection of Thompson Lane and Medical Center Parkway. And uh, one thing we don't want to leave off in that, that some changes have been made uh, with the way you're communicating with the fire uh, trucks and everything that are out there. Uh, the whole communication system has been vamped up and improved dramatically. Tell us about that. It, yes, Bart, it has. Uh, we've gone to a new radio system, which is much um, more advanced and enhanced than what we've had in the past. It's a digital system. Of course, everything nowadays is digital versus the analog of the past and things like that. But we're very excited to be on that new radio system. It's something that the uh, Bill Terry and our public safety IT staff and other people with the city uh, have just been working on for a tremendous amount of time. And, and we have gotten over to that system and it's functioning very, very well. Uh, we also have had some upgrades and enhancements within our communication center. Um, Seth Russell, our uh, director over our 911 communications within the city, um, <clears throat> has implemented or they have implemented over there a lot of changes with uh, software. It's called handling software is what it's called. And so it enables their, our dispatchers where they've been taking calls for a long time to be able to better handle those calls and prioritize those calls and it's software that integrates with our computer-aided dispatch and it all works together to make things go a lot faster um, and, the, and the big change there is in the past uh, whenever someone called for an ambulance no matter where you're at in the county you're always transferred over to another communication center Rutherford County EMS communications and you know that's that was who performed what we call emergency medical dispatch on the call uh, this software and the training that co corresponded with that software makes all of our call processors and all of our communicators our dispatchers at our 911 center emergency medical dispatchers themselves they're certified uh, through uh, the programs with the software it's recognized by the state uh, it's recognized nationally as far as what uh, the program does and what it is and then it's really really a major benefit for the callers within the city of Murfreesboro because we no longer have to have the emergency medical dispatch services provided by another uh, call center that is done exactly where we are uh, when you call in the first time you're going to stay online with the with the person that you're talking to the entire time if you've got a medical emergency they're able to deliver uh, CPR instructions over the phone if needed other pre-arrival instructions based on the condition of the person that uh, that you're calling in about or otherwise or that the person's calling in on their own um, but it also gives a, a great ability to triage and prioritize calls for us uh, on the fire department because in the past, for the past several years, we've been running essentially every medical call that comes in through our 911 center immediately and just so we make sure that we go on the calls that we need to be on and things like that. And what the emergency medical dispatch does for us is it allows us to prioritize the calls that we really need to send a fire truck on and probably not go on calls that we really don't need to send a fire truck on. So an example of that would be an abdominal pain or someone having abdominal pain, you know, or, you know, someone turns their ankle, they need to go to the hospital and ambulance because they don't have another way, but there's really nothing life-threatening with what's going on with them. Uh, then those are calls that we will not send a fire truck to. Whereas, you know, if you're having a heart attack or you're unconscious or you're having a diabetic issue where your blood sugar's low, uh, any kind of seizure, strokes, those kind of things are the things that we will be prioritized to respond to. Uh, and because we make a huge difference on those calls, and it, uh, 
and it will enable us to kind of prioritize that out to where we are available more often for those calls that we really need to be on. So I'm really proud of the staff uh, and all the dispatchers um, at our <clears throat> at our emergency communication center. It's really uh, that is a extremely tough job that a lot of people just don't even think about. You know, they when you call 911, oftentimes you're having the worst day that you've ever had, uh, and that person on the end of the line is. Um, they are very, very well trained. They are very, very well uh, positioned to make sure that we're getting the resources to you that you need on that worst day of your life. And and what they, the training that they go through is amazing. Uh, the job that they do is amazing. And it's oftentimes, you know, that's, it's kind of a, it, it's really a tough job because they hear that um, excitement. They hear that agony in the voice of the caller and things that when they're going on but really they don't see what is going on when our personnel arrive to the scene they can't see exactly what's happening so we try to get them some resolution to what exactly happened of course they get some of that through the radio reports of of what we encounter when we get there but it's a tough job because you really don't see the end result of of what that call was when that caller called in uh alive being saved or, or something other like that and uh, they just do a fantastic job of delivering uh, and getting the appropriate resources assigned, uh, giving pre-arrival instructions for whatever type of emergency is happening, whether that's a fire or rescue call, an emergency medical call now that we're capable of doing there in our center. And it just makes a tremendous difference. It cuts time down on those transfers. It lessens the chance, much more lessens the chance, or it really negates the chance of a caller being dropped during transfer because we're not transferring them. We're, we're taking care of them there in our own center and making sure that we're doing exactly what we need to do for them uh, there in our communication center. One thing that's very uh, positive <coughs> about this new system is that uh, you dispatch the unit that's closest to the person who needs help and you can tell where each unit is. Yes and that's that's another component of the system and we've been active with that for a few years this new program ties directly into that and so it does automatically send the closest available unit uh, to that call uh, no matter where it's at and so you know a lot of times you would think the, the place that you think uh, might be the closest you know that that computer's got algorithms and it it really is able to identify through GPS which unit would be the closest to that call and it takes the guesswork out for us of what unit would be closest to be able to respond to that emergency at that particular time. We have a text here from a listener who's saying I have a brush pile to burn it's only dead trees they say I live three miles uh, out of the city limits, not in the city limits. Do I have to have a fire permit to burn at this time? And if so, what, how do I get one? Uh, I would just call the Rutherford County Fire Department and, and ask them uh, if they need a permit or not. Well, I'm, I'm not sure outside of the city limits. You know, as I said, we really don't allow permitting of residential burn piles within the city at all. And different times of the year, the State Forestry Department will allow to burn without permits and at other times of the year they they say that you have to have a permit through state forestry so the best thing they can do is call their either their volunteer fire department that's closest to them or rutherford county fire department to, to get an answer to that question now if you live in the city or outside the city and, and you can't burn in the city uh and outside you need to check on that but if you're in a similar situation you have some dead trees stumps things like that that you've cut up uh and and you can't burn what do you do with that debris well if you live inside the city um, the easiest way to do that is just to con i mean get it out to the street and contact the public works department and there's a lot of information on the city's website 
uh, under, you know, the, as far as the brush and, and leaf pickup and all those kind of things under the Public Works website. Uh, just go on there and it tells you exactly how long the piles can be and, you know, what kind of debris they can take and things like that. And so, um, but if you've cut down a tree or you've really trimmed up a tree and it's your, and it's on your own, um, then, you know, you can get that out to the curb and the city will come pick it up uh, for you for no charge. Uh, okay. It's really an easy component to do. And so you say if it's on your own, so if you hire somebody to do that, it's their responsibility to take it. Yes. If you if you hire a contractor to take a tree down or trim a lot of brush, they shouldn't be putting that at the curb. They should be taking it out to the Florence Road themselves and dropping it off because that's their responsibility as a contractor okay. um, that you've hired. Very good. And, but if you take it down and there's a lot of it, can you take it to Florence Road? Yes, you can take it to Florence Road if you would rather put it on a trailer and you just drop it off over at Florence Road uh, in the drop-off area of the piles over there. And uh, that's easy to do as well. If it's if it's too far back on your property that you can't, it'd be easier just to load it on a trailer or in a truck and take it out to Florence Road. That's another option that you have as a city resident to do as well. Okay, some good information for you there. Uh, here's a, a question from a listener who says, they have had a uh, fire extinguisher in their house, but they have not tested it. They haven't changed it. And they don't even know how to test it. Uh, how often should you change fire extinguishers? And what is the best type to have nowadays? Typically, the, the best type to have, are, as far as fire extinguishers goes, or the in the home is the ABC type extinguishers. Uh, we don't want you spraying those on grease fires anyway, um, and those kind of things, because we want you either putting baking soda or putting trying to put a lid on the fire, or uh, you know if the fire has grown too large, just get out. Uh, but fire extinguishers. Um, it depends on the manufacturer what type of extinguisher it is. They should have a date on it of expiration. If that date of expiration has been met, um, you know, you either need to have the fire extinguisher service. There's some fire extinguisher servicing companies in, in the phone book or on the online that you can look up that are in our local area. Uh, and you can have them come out and look at the fire extinguisher. In a lot of cases, it's instead of having one, unless they're really large, you know, a, probably a 20 pound or larger extinguisher it's probably more worthwhile just to go buy a new one if you've got a small top kitchen extinguisher and just discard the other and uh, but the manufacturer should have some information on that about how to both how to discard them uh, when you need to just discard them what the age on them is and then if they're able to be recharged if it is a top that's able to be recharged a lot of the smaller ones you can't even recharge anyway you're just going to have to buy a new one let's go to the phones now you're on wgns with chief Fox. how are you today Good. How are you, Bart? Doing fine. Thank you for calling. <laughs> yes, about the burn permit. Mm -hmm. If you're in the county, you have to have a burn permit from October to May 15th. Okay, okay. So, and uh, the number to call is 877-350-2876. 877, give us the number again. 877 350-2876. Okay. And that's call for burn permit in the county. Yes. Okay. And the dates on those again? Uh, from uh, October to May the 15th. October to May 15th. All righty. Very good. Thank you for looking that up for us. All right. Thank you. You have a great day. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. People just helping each other. That's, That's right. what it's all about there. Exactly. 615-893-1450 is our number. If you have an item 
uh, that you'd like to talk about dealing with fire safety, give us a call. Maybe you've been a victim of a fire and just uh, learned something. Uh, that, that's learning it the hard way. Uh, another question here that's come in, this one's still dealing with fire extinguishers. This person says, if I use one of those fire extinguishers you're talking about, at what point should I leave the house and wait for the fire trucks to arrive? Yeah, we only recommend using fire extinguishers on very small fires. And like I said earlier, you know, a grease fire is not something that you want to use a fire extinguisher on because it'll actually splash the grease and flames, you know, onto the wall or backsplash of your kitchen or other places that are there. Mm -hmm. um, if you have a small, and what I would kind of recommend is, you know, everybody knows the, the smaller trash cans like sitting beside a desk, not the larger trash cans like a kitchen size trash can. But if you've got a fire that's basically the size of a trash can, it is probably safe to go ahead and try to extinguish that on your own uh, if you have a fire extinguisher uh, and utilize that. If it's any larger than that at all, we just recommend that you not try to extinguish it because those smaller extinguishers will not have enough in them to be able to extinguish a, a much larger fire than that. And, uh, and you're really not doing anything. We want you to get out of the house. You know, we've talked a lot before about the, the gases that are created from the burning materials within inside a house and how much heat can be created very quickly. Um, and, and the toxic fumes that are within the house. And, and that's changed a lot over the years. You know, we've talked about legacy furniture um, from years ago where everything was made out of uh, either feathers or cotton batting or, you know, natural products that we were using wool uh, from sheep uh, for batting within the beds and, and couches. Uh, everything was made out of natural wood, not pressed wood with glues in it and, and all those things. And now we're in a totally different environment. There's essentially nothing that you can buy nowadays that doesn't have some type of synthetic you know material within it especially if you know even a couch that may be completely solid wood um, the coverings on the couch the com the cushions and the pillows are going to be synthetic um, that's just the way that they're made and uh, and those are very dangerous they produce a lot of toxic fumes uh, you know they're essentially uh, I had one person we were talking about uh, the research behind it I saw one article read research article that they normally outfitted living room within a home is basically like uh, if it catches on fire and it starts to really get hot as far as the fire building in that room is basically like having a 55 gallon drum of gasoline that you tip over and it just spills out in that room that's Ooh. how that's how wow. much heat can be uh, evolved from the furnishings that are in a normal living room in your home and so we just want to make sure that everybody's cognizant of that and not try to stay in that environment too long because that smoke will overwhelm you a whole lot faster than you think it will and uh, and we just want to make sure that everybody's safe when it comes to that here's a, another text from a listener who's asking about a picture of a fire here in town uh, that was in the news in the past uh, month or so and they said that it was a kitchen fire and the cabinets and everything looked like they uh, had some fire damage but the damage was mostly to the walls and the ceiling in fact it burned through the ceiling into the attic and then burned a hole in the roof of the house. Uh, are the walls more apt, often uh, catching on fire than th other things in the house, in the kitchen? Well, it just depends on the materials of what the walls are uh, made of. It's, it's probably that, um, and it just depends on, you know, sheetrock is very fire resistive. You know, we use sheetrock in, in, in construction to create firewalls. So fire, sheetrock is very resistant to fire as far as penetration through it. 
Um, you know, but a lot of people have different types of ceilings and things like that in their home. Uh, if they're wood or other type of products like that, it's going to be a whole lot more likely that you're going to have fire uh, be involved in that than it is with sheetrock. You know, sheetrock will spall and those things like that. And, and it's not to say that you can't have penetration through those. You know, oftentimes if there's a gap in a seam with sheetrock, if there's an opening where a, uh, a vent from air conditioner heat is there, it will follow those and a lot of the a lot of those vents that it goes to if you know if you have direct flame going to that vent um, those pipes in those vents are no longer um, metal like they used to be those are all flexible vents that are made out of plastics uh, and things like that and so if a fire gets into that plastics for the for the air conditioning and heating vents then it's it's going to burn as well with those and so it it just kind of creates an environment where you can have extension it just really, really depends on what the house is constructed of. But normally in sheetrock type homes, we don't see a lot of spread through the wall uh, and, unless the fire has been burning, you know, without knowledge for a long time, et cetera. Things that are going on with that or there's other circumstances. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. We have more questions coming in and we'll get to those in just a moment. We're going to check on the traffic and weather. Stay with us. Murfreesboro Fire Chief Mark Folks is our guest this morning. We'll be right back. Talk Radio WGNS, putting the power of your free speech into action on air and online at WGNSRadio.com. Save a lot, like a lot, a lot. Join Save a Lot this Friday, November 5th, for our grand reopening. Register to win prizes and come check out our newly remodeled store on Jessica Street off of Middle Tennessee Boulevard. Save a lot. Save on what you crave. Hi, this is Tina Fox at the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Please come see us for all your gift needs. We have great car art clothing and our muck boots, and we have any kind of gift you would need for Christmas. Always don't forget our gift department. The Co-op Farm and Home Center is located at 985 Middle Tennessee Boulevard, just off of South Church. Remember, you don't have to be a member to shop here. Come on by and say howdy to Tina Fox at the Co-op Farm and Home Center. It is your Christmas headquarters. Good morning. Still quite a bit of traffic volume out here, but it's moving fairly decent on 840 there at I-24. 24 itself up through the Hickory Hollow area still has a steady flow of traffic, but hey, at least it's moving there up by Bell Road. Gatlinburg Wine Cellar is home of the world-famous cotton candy wine. Check out all their flavors at GatlinburgWineCellar.com. I'm Commander Chug with your on-time traffic. We'll see mostly sunny skies here this afternoon with a high into the mid-50s. Winds out of the north around 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly clear skies with a low near 31. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 32. This is Jeff Graham with Tire World. I want to invite you to visit our new off-road department at our Memorial Boulevard location, featuring lift kits, leveling kits, light bars, as well as wheel and tire packages. Just come by and ask for Gator for all your off-road needs. That's Tire World on Memorial Boulevard. When the weather's at its worst, we're at our best. Talk Radio WGNS, Murfreesboro, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, TV 11. Old friends, new name, better together, as First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County, but we'll always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. 
It is 8.55. Good morning to you. And congratulations to Steve Brannan, our WGNS Good Neighbor of the Day. Steve Brannan will receive flowers from Jenny Harrison and the family at Ryan Flowers Coffee and Gifts. Let us know about your good neighbor. Send us their name, address, and phone number, and tell us why they should be the good neighbor. Our Slick Pig Birthday Club winner, who enjoys that delicious banana pudding, will be Jesse Melton. Jesse Melton, our birthday winner today. Our phone number, 615-893-1450. Murfreesboro Fire Chief Mark Fuchs is our guest. And let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're on WGNS. How are you? Doing well. I'd like to ask the chief about fire pits. How are they classified in the residential setting? Okay. Yeah, that's a good question, and I apologize for not covering that earlier. Any constructed fire pit, um, like you, you would buy at Lowe's or anything that you purchase at Lowe's that is designed for fire, uh, those are permitted, and you're allowed to burn in those in those fire pits. Outdoor fireplaces are allowed. Uh, if you construct an outdoor fire pit that is, you know, constructed or manufactured um, even by yourself with the stones or otherwise, those you're also allowed to burn within those as well. Uh, they can be no larger than three foot by three foot, so you can't build a really huge one. Um, but you're allowed to build those um, and and use those to burn. And then any kind of uh, appliance that you're using for cooking that has direct flame, you know, any gas grill or if you're using a fire to you know roast marshmallows or cook hot dogs or do anything like that, that is permissible as well, as long as it's in a manufactured device and no greater than three foot in size. Okay, here's a text from a listener that says, "Do you go to every fire call?" Uh, I do not. Uh, we have got a great staff. Uh, we have. Uh, I, I don't think they mean you, okay. but maybe they do mean you. They yeah. don't say. Well, and, and we we do go to every fire call that comes in, whether it's an alarm activation or otherwise. Our our department does. We respond out of eleven stations, um, and you know, and we have roughly twenty thousand calls a year uh, for service. The majority of those are emergency medical calls where we're needed to to assist. Um, I think we around seventy five percent of those are or that uh, emergency medical calls in nature, but we also respond to technical rescue calls, hazardous materials, types of emergencies, and fire calls. And, and pretty much as far as I go, as far as the chief goes, we've got great leadership within our department. We've got uh, great company officers on all of our trucks. Uh, we've got two battalion chiefs that are working on in the city every day uh, that are highly trained in incident command and, and how to command those fire scenes. Uh, I typically go to fire scenes if they are large fire scenes or, you know, if I'm in the area, I may go by there and, and just kind of watch the things that we're doing and things like that. But for the most part, I myself and our command staff, you know, we're more in line with the administrative and day-to-day -day operational activities of the department. And we rely on our, on our battalion chiefs that are on shift to do their jobs and, and make sure that everything is managed well. But if it's a large fire, uh, something like that, if we had a firefighter injured or if we have a resident in, injured, I'll either go to the hospital uh, or to the fire scene if we have anything like that in nature. And again, with the furniture made of the material it is today, you have less time to get out of the fire. Exactly. And, and, and again, before we get off air, I just want to remind everyone, uh, smoke alarms, smoke alarms, smoke alarms. You know, we've talked about carbon monoxide alarms as well, but if you do not have smoke alarms in your home, you have no excuse not to have one in there. Call us today, 615-893-1422. Uh, we will either put one in your home or if you don't live in the city limits, we will get one put in for you by the department in your area or we'll make a way for that to happen. Uh, we just want everybody to be safe and having that alerting going off 
early in the involvement of what's going on within your home is the best means to make sure that you're out safely uh, and we just highly recommend that once again what number is the right it, one to call 615-893-1422 okay and again don't stay in your house uh, find a safe place be prepared uh, talk with your family know of a place you're going to meet so that you won't get out of the house and think well is little johnny with us where is little johnny Exactly. Uh, have all that information pre-arranged. Our guest this morning, Murfreesboro Fire Chief Mark Folks. Mark, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Mark. Have a super rest of the day. Stay with us. Truman's next, right here on your good neighbor station, WGNS.